Good evening, everybody, and welcome to our midweek Bible study. I am so happy to be with you on this evening. It is an awesome day, evening to be in the presence of God. So we're going to enjoy learning the word of God and uh, drawing closer to the will, the purpose and the plan that God has for your life. Um, the Bible says to study to show thyself approved, a workman who need not be ashamed but rightly dividing the word of God. So I'm excited about this word on this evening. I do want us to have a little prayer time on before we get started. Um, if somebody can do something for me and share this on your page, um, we're gonna be a little more interactive on this evening, but I want you to share this on your page. Um, share this with somebody. We got an awesome topic on this evening. So I do want us to open up with a word of prayer. Somebody can just go ahead and just worship God for a second, no matter where you are, whether you're in your car, whether you're uh, cooking dinner or whether you're just sitting in front of your laptop, your phone, your computer, whatever it may be. Let's just worship God for about 10, 15, about 30 seconds and just let God know that we thank God for uh, waking us up, thanking, thanking God that he brought us through dangers seen and unseen, letting them know how much we love him, how much we adore him, how much he's an awesome God in our lives. Let's just worship God. Just somebody lift up your hands. Somebody give God a wave offering. Somebody clap. Somebody just open up your mouth and say, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Somebody just begin to worship just a little bit. Uh, the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people and we are his people. We have a voice that can praise. Uh, the Bible said is that we don't cry out that the rocks will cry out. So we can just worship God for a minute and, and just thank God. I, I know that we have formality. I know that we have stuff going on. I know that things seem be, to be so structured, but we can spend a moment just worshiping God. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for being Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Thank you, God, for being Jehovah Nisi, our banner of victory. Thank you, God, for being Jehovah Shalom, our God of peace, oh God. So we just thank you, God. Hallelujah for being our peace, God. Hallelujah for bringing us through danger seen and unseen. God, thank you for bringing us to this place where we're at right now, God. Somebody didn't make it. Somebody uh, did not have this opportunity just to worship you. So we worship you, God. Your word says that we are to worship you in spirit and in truth. So God, with everything on the inside of us, we just open up our mouths and we just open up our hearts and begin to worship somebody just worship for for an expectation of what you expecting God to do uh even when you think back over your life and think back about all that God has done up into this moment you can just be thankful for that but I'm, I'm talking to about five or ten of you that can worship him simply because uh, uh he's just been more faithful to you than you've ever been to even your own self that he's delivered you that he's brought you through uh situation after situation that he's bringing you through situations right now as we speak and even though you're not in the best of circumstance somebody just lift up your hand and say god i thank you that i have a circumstance even though it's not in the best place god i thank you god that you've given me the strength to overcome i thank you god that you've given me faith the size of a mustard seed to move mountains in my life and god i just worship you god i magnify you god i I adore you God you're the greatest thing in my life God when everybody else left you are still there God so we just thank you God and we just worship you God and we just magnify your name so somebody just simply say thank you God thank you God for all that you've done for all that you've been for all that you are God and if you never do anything else even though I'm expecting you to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I could ask or think so God, I just thank you, God. I thank you for my family. Somebody just say, God, I thank you for my family. We may not be perfect. We may not do it right, God, but I don't, I, I don't want anybody else, God. And I, and I'm thankful, God, for the people that you've uh, uh, connected us with, God. So somebody just simply say, thank you, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God, for the jobs that we have, even though it may not pay what we want. But God, there are people right now that the job that they have God is providing the means that they need God so we simply say thank you for being our provider for giving us a resource because we serve the source so somebody just simply wave your hand somebody simply say hallelujah somebody open up your mouth hallelujah it's not too late to worship God it's not too early to worship God you don't have to be in service on Sunday just to worship God so somebody lift up your hands and just worship God God, for your children making it through safe, for your uh, for your your spouse, your significant other who is safe right now. Somebody just lift up a wave offering for your health being where it's at. You may have come through COVID-19, but there you sit, there you stand. God, thank you, God, for all that you've done in spite of what how we've treated our own body. So somebody just worship God. I'm, I'm in a place of worship right now. God, I worship you. I honor you. 
I magnify your name. I adore you, God. You've been better to us than we've been to ourselves. You kept the hand of the enemy off our family. You separated us from the death angel. You separated us from poverty. You separated us from generational curses. You separated us from evil mindsets. You've broken the hand of the strong man that was on our life. So God, we just worship you and we thank you, God. And God, the state that we're in, we're in a place, in a posture that we just thank you, God. We magnify your name and we bless your holy name. Somebody just worship somebody. God is saying, I'm ready to inhabit that place that you're at. You haven't gotten personal with me in a long time. The voice of God say, you've just allowed things to just flow and allowed things to just happen, but you haven't gotten personal with me. I've been waking you up late at night. I've been waking you up so that we could talk, so that we can have some personal time, so that we can get uh, we can get close again. God said, I got so many things for you that I'm just waiting for you to open up your mouth and begin to worship me so that I can open up the windows of heaven, so that I can pour out what you need, so that I can release the provisions for your family, for that blessing, for that breakthrough. There are doors you're expecting to be open. And God is saying, when you worship me, when you worship me in spirit and in truth, I honor what I said I would do. And my answers are yea and amen. So God, we thank you right now, God, that your answers over our life are yea and amen, God. And we ask God right now that you bring us into right alignment, that you bring us into right relationship, that you bring us into right understanding of who you are and who you said you would be. Not that you just give us anything, God, but you said that you would give us the desires of our heart, God. So you said anything that we ask in your son's name, that shall you give unto us, God. So God, right now, there's someone who needs a child to come home. There's someone who needs to know that your health is in their hand, God. That someone needs to know, God, that their life is in your hand, God. That someone needs to know, God, that you've never left them nor forsaken them, God. That somebody needs to know that they can come back to you right now, God. So God, they just offer up their sacrifice, offer, offer up our voice, offer up our love offering, our worship offering, our praise offering. Open up your mouth right now, O ye gates. Uh, open up the, open up your eyes, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord might, the Lord God, strong and mighty. Who is the Lord God? The Lord God, strong and mighty in battle. There are some battles that he's already defeated for you. I, I came to do Bible study, but God said, let's just praise for a minute. There are some battles that he's already won for you on your behalf that you don't even know that's coming up, and he's already set up the provisions and the means for you, and he's saying, if you get into this place and this posture of worship, I can show you so much more. Who am I talking to? God is saying that he's ready to open up and release. Somebody declare release, release, release God, release God, release what you have for me, release God what you said you would do for me, release God, my the provisions that you said, God, and I love you, God. Somebody simply say, I love you, for his word declares that no greater love than a man can show than to lay down his life for his friend, and his son has already given his life just for you, and God said, because I gave my life for you, I gave my son's life for you, I want you to know that I love you, I want you to know that I'm here for you, I want you to know that even when the enemy comes in like a flood, that my spirit shall raise up a standard around your life, over your life, over the lives of your children, I, I just want to hear from my children, I just want to hear you worship, I just want to hear you praise, I 
I just want to hear that I that you love me the, the same way that I love you. I, I want to know. I want you to. Know, I want to know what you are. What I am in your life. Who is God in your life right now? I don't know who I'm talking to. Who I'm dealing with tonight. But God said, just open up your mouth and begin to worship. Yeah, those things that's been troubling you, troubling you. Those things that have been on your heart. Those things that are that you're holding in secret that you've been holding so close to you. He said, open up your mouth and release it to me. He said, yeah, I know what the world said to you. I know what they're trying to tell you, but I'm still God. I'm still performing miracles. I'm still a way maker. I'm still a healer. I'm still a deliverer. I'm still Jehovah Jireh. I'm still your provider. And he said, no matter what they say, no matter how they say how bad it looks, that when I step on the scene, I turn darkness into light. When I step on the scene, that I change and shift the environment. God is saying that it's time for a shift, but I need your praise. I need your worship. I need to know that your adoration is there and your love and your, and your understanding of who I am and who I've been. Who am I talking to on this evening? God said, if you just worship me in spirit and truth, hallelujah, hallelujah. He said, let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. So simply praise. Somebody give me about 10 more seconds of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Surrender your life right now. Surrender your life right now. I don't have to go through scripture. I don't have to go through a whole sermon. But when you think back over your life, the mistakes that you've made, the things that you've done, I dare you just lift up your hands and say, God, I surrender all. All to thee I truly give. All to thee I surrender. Hallelujah, God, I thank you, God. I thank you, God, for everybody that's listening through Facebook, everybody that's listening through Periscope, everybody on our website, everybody that's on Twitter, God. I thank you, God, for their lives, God. I thank you, God, that your angels have protected them. Now, God, dispatch more angels right now to begin to speak, to begin to minister, to begin to heal the environment and heal the land, oh God. So, God, right now, we thank you, God, for what you're releasing into the atmosphere. For you said in those last days you would pour out your spirit upon the earth And old men, that young men will have visions And old men would dream dreams, God So God, right now, release dreams, release visions over your people, God For this season, for this time Give clearer vision, give clearer eyesight Give clearer understanding of what it is that you've called your church into, oh God So we worship you and we magnify and we adore your name, oh God So God, we thank you right now now for all that you've done, for all that you're doing, that God, we're not operating under protocol, we're operating under the anointing, under your divine plan, under your divine purpose, under your divine will, under your divine assignment for our life, God, so God, release what we need so that we can be better kingdom citizens and better kingdom ambassadors, so God, we worship you, we honor you, and we magnify your name, it is in your son Jesus' name, God, the name that is above all other names. The name where Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. So God, we lift up the name of Jesus, the name of Yeshua. Hallelujah. We lift him up on the highest heights. We lift him up in our lives. We lift him up in our minds. We lift him up in our spirits. So God, you have full reign and full authority tonight in this Bible study, God, so that deliverance can take place. 
that lives can be saved, that souls can be set free, that minds can be set free, and we can become who you've called us to be in this time, a city on top of a hill that cannot be hidden, oh God. So God, we thank you right now in advance. Somebody say hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I dare somebody just worship. I dare you just praise. We got time for the word, but I dare you just praise right now. I dare you touch the head of your kids right now. Touch over your family. Touch your spouse. Touch whoever's around you, your brothers, your sisters. Touch them right now and begin to declare over their life that God is an awesome God in their lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, oh God. We worship you, oh God. We worship you, oh God. You are mighty. Hallelujah. You're the everlasting father. You're the prince of peace. You're the rose of Sharon. You're the lily in the valley, the bright and morning star. Hallelujah. We thank you. You are Alpha and Omega. You're our beginning and our end. There is none like you, oh God. There is none that can compare to you, oh God. God is releasing miracles right now in your life. God is releasing provisions right now in your life. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth, oh ye gates, and be ye lifted up. Hallelujah. Somebody hold your head up. God is not forgotten you. The Bible said, look to the hills for which cometh my help. My help cometh from thee, O Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody lift up your head and begin to thank God for what he's depositing and what he's dropping into your life right now. He's, de he's depositing into you right now what you need. And he just said, all I want to know is that you love me. All I want to know is that you care for me. All I want to know is that I'm that that you're there. Hallelujah. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Everybody under the sound of my voice, God is touching you right now. God is meeting you in this place right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, I'm, I'm not standing by and allowing normal protocol to happen in your life right now. He said, open up your mouth if you're looking for an uncommon favor, an uncommon miracle, an uncommon blessing. I'm not worried about how much money you sowing. I'm not worried about all that. I want to hear from your mouth how much you love me. How much you love me. Hallelujah. In this season, I want to know that I am first in your life. Thus saith the Lord. In this season, I want to know that there is none other that you have taken all the other gods that you worship, all the other things, the materialistic stuff, all the money, all the accolades, all the prestige. You've taken that and put it to the back and you've lifted me back up to the place of prominence in your life. Thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. For as this season comes, I'm pouring out what you need. There is nothing that you can do of your own will besides worship, besides praise, because I am God and I am ultimate. I am the way maker. I am the deliverer. I am the healer. There's nothing else you can do but worship me in spirit and in truth. Thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 He's ready to inhabit that place right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He wants to get deliberate with you on this evening. He wants to get deliberate with you right now in this season. 
Hallelujah. The Bible said this is the Jewish month of Enul, the season where the king comes off the throne and he comes down to the people and he begins to what he listens to the people. He begins to grant them the things that they desire. God is saying, I've come off the throne. I've stepped out of the third heaven and I'm stepping down into the earth. My spirit is here. My spirit is ready to answer what it is that you need, but I need to know how much you love me. How much do you love me? Hallelujah. 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 I want to go further, but God is just simply saying, tell my people to worship. Tell my people to stop thinking about what the world has told them. Yeah, the elections are coming. Yeah, all of these other things seem like that they're happening. But if you bow down, if you get on your face and you begin to worship me, I will heal the land. Thus saith the Lord, I will heal the land. I will heal your heart. I will heal the brokenness. I will heal the land. I will bring it back into alignment. The Bible says that the earth is waiting for the sons of God to stand up and take their rightful place. The earth and all there is there in the earth is waiting for you to take your rightful place. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you willing to forsake all others and chase after me? Are you ready? Are you willing? God said, I'm here. I'm chasing after you. I'm chasing after you. Will you chase after me? Hallelujah. The oil of the anointing is flowing right now. Hallelujah. There are people that are prophesying right now over their kids' lives. God is saying, I hear you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, out of the mouths of babes. Hallelujah. And the child shall lead us. Your children are vital right now in this season. That's why in this season, you're the voice of instruction your child is hearing. You're the voice of influence your child is hearing. In this season where they're at home with you all the time, your voice is the voice they need to hear. But your relationship with God has to be secure so that they're hearing the right thing transmitted or translated from you to them. But you're hearing it from God. Your prayer life with your children should be strengthening. Your word life with your children should be strengthening. They are in tune and intently listening to your voice. And God said, I'm using this time to build them up. This season of seclusion, the enemy cannot get to your child. This season of seclusion is your time to develop your children to hear from God. Hallelujah. 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 Thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 God is here. God is here. God is here. Hallelujah. God is here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's in my spirit. God is here. God is here. He's listening. 
His ears are in tune to your voice. He said, I hear my child. I know your concern. Have I not provided for you thus far? Have I not set you apart thus far? If I said I would never leave you, I meant that. I am not a man that I should lie, nor the son of man that I should repent. I said it and I shall perform it. Mm, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous shall run into it and be safe. You're safe. You're covered under the shadow of the Almighty. The Bible said, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. They shall say of my Lord, he is my strength and my fortress. In him shall I trust. Hallelujah. 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 Worship him. Worship him. Hallelujah. I'm trying to go further, but God is just saying, just worship me. Just worship me. Worship me. We got normal service protocol. We got normal uh, Bible study protocol. But he said, where is my worship protocol? Where are those that are willing to worship? Where are my intercessors at that should be praying for the land, that should be praying for one another, that are seeing the visions that are coming? Where are my intercessors? Where are my young prophets at? Where are my men and women that are dreaming dreams and seeing visions that are moving outside of normal protocol? I've called generals home so that new, new protocols and new dynamics and new dimensions of ministry can come forth. Where are my people? Where are my people? Where are they at? You've been hidden for too long. Now it's time for you to come out from amongst them. Hallelujah. 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 Just worship. Just worship. Hallelujah. I have set you apart in this season. I have set you apart with a new word. I've taken away old wineskins and I'm developing you as new wineskins to pour new wine so that new wine can be poured out to my people. Thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know some of you Hallelujah. Mm. Some of you have been feeling a shift in the environment, a shift in the atmosphere, a shift in the way things are being done. And God is saying, no, it's not adverse. I'm changing, I'm changing the dynamics. I'm shifting the, it's a paradigm shift in this season. Some will not catch it. But I'm raising up prophets and pastors and apostles in new ways. I'm raising them up evangelists and teachers. I'm raising up my children with my heart. Those that had flattering lips no more. I'm raising up my prophets. 
to speak with thus saith the Lord. They won't be worried about pulpits. They won't be worried about how to dress. They won't be worried about being in front of certain denominations. But they will say what thus saith the Lord. I'm speaking a thing in this season. A new thing in this season. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, the oil is pouring out right now. The oil is pouring out. The olives are being crushed right now with your name on it. The oil is being poured from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. The oil is running as it did down from Aaron's beard. It's running down. God is saying, I allowed the crushing to produce the oil. I allowed the breaking so that I can get you away from your own self so that I can build you back up in my image and in my likeness. I have not forgotten my people. I have not left you. I am here, thus saith the Lord. The Lord of hosts. Ah. The Lord God strong and mighty. There is nothing too hard for him. And he loves you so much. He's willing to show you that. He is not surprised. It is not taking him by surprise. Isaiah said in the day that King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. The season is shifting. The season is shifting. I'm harvesting the ground. Ah, Jesus. Just a time to worship. I had planned to, to go into and, and, and I'm going to try to move forward. But God is saying the season is shifting right now. The season is shifting. My church. Ah, Jesus. My church is shifting from the celebration of man back to the celebration of my spirit. My spirit is inhabiting places. People who had no names will begin to declare the word. Not for name recognition, but for God recognition. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah, Jesus. His spirit is here. Liberty, his spirit is here, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, wherever you are tuned in from, his spirit is here. And he loves you. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. Ah. I don't know how much further I can go with this, but 
Hallelujah. Mm. Jesus. I planned on just sitting down and teaching tonight, which I'm getting ready to try to do. But I want you to know that God is, he's doing something new in this season. Amen. Amen. Y'all just give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to try to try to move forward with our Bible study for this evening. If you have your Bibles real quick, lift up your Bibles for me. Lift up your Bibles. Hallelujah. Lift up your Bibles and repeat after me. Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Ah, oh, Jesus, where do I go from here? Hallelujah. Over these last few, three, four weeks, we've been... We've been talking and we've been um, dealing with this theme about becoming a better kingdom citizen, becoming better in doing the things of God and understanding the will and the purpose of God and understanding who God is in our life and dealing with how he has uh, set us apart in the things that we need to do as kingdom citizens to make us better prepared for the challenges, for the fight, for the things coming ahead, coming ahead. So last week we discussed and talked about uh, Jesus. Um, last week we discussed and we talked about um, how does God see you? And the week before that we dealt with how do you see yourselves? Um, how do you see yourselves? And so tonight, I really want to deal with this theme. I promise you, I won't be before you long. Um, there's a question I want to pose to you. There's a thought that I want to say to you, first and foremost, about the comfort of doing nothing. The comfort of doing nothing. As you can see on your screen right now, the comfort of doing nothing. What do I mean? Pastor, what, what, what do you mean about the comfort of of doing nothing so often and so many times as kingdom citizens um, doing nothing when we know how to do something when we're uh, gifted to do something um, and, uh, uh, and and God has been constantly dealing with us uh, about doing something a lot of times when we don't do something um, it translates into us being lazy or operating in laziness, operating as lazy Christians, operating as Christians who have gifts, who have anointings, who constantly say, I don't have enough time, or who will just sit back and watch others struggle trying to fulfill a mandate or a calling that God has placed or they may be operating outside of their gifting, but they see a need and they can. And so they step into that role when and struggle because the people that God has ordained and anointed to do a certain thing 
feel like it's not time for them to do it. Feel like it's not the season for them to do it. And God, and they will sit there and operate year after year in this spirit of laziness, this this comfort of doing nothing, this comfort that says that that yes, I'm called, yes, I'm anointed, but I'm not ready to do it and my schedule is too much for me to handle right now. I can't do it, God. I'm I'm working on my career. God, I can't do this thing right now because I have uh three kids. God, I can't do this thing right now because my my t- the time in my day does not permit it for me to do things. You know I got uh, exercise class after work, God. You know I gotta meet up with these people, God. You know I gotta do this, God. I gotta. I, I got certain things and certain. Uh, my lifestyle has been has been so comfortable in a certain way that I have honestly got into a mode that I'm comfortable not doing anything, but simply saying I'm a child of God. I, I won't hand out tracks. I won't uh, speak to the home. I don't want to feed the, the hungry or try to help clothe the homeless or or provide means using the gifting that I'm at, that I operate in. So I've gotten into this place of being comfortable of doing nothing. Another area that people, when they're comfortable of doing nothing may come from is because of experiences they may have gone through in other churches, uh, experiences they may have dealt with with people in ministry. So now because you've had bad experiences, your mindset is I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit here. I'll be there on Sunday. I'll come to church. I'll smile and everything. But as far as me operating in my gifting and my anointing, I will not operate in in excellence because I have gotten used to this comfort of doing nothing. Uh, And and so much so that that, that we get so um, caught up in this mundane life and this mundane existence that we're missing the mark of what God is saying about being excellent. Let me ask you this question. What are your views and what does it mean to be lazy? What does laziness as a kingdom citizen mean to you? What does laziness as just an adult? Um, Because I need you to grab hold of this. And, and, and if you can, if some of you all can write that down in the comment, answer that question in the comment, what does it mean to be lazy to you? Because I need you to realize this, that for those of us that have kids, when your kids act or, or don't do what they're required to do, you do not accept laziness. If they don't do homework to the best of their ability, if they don't wash those dishes to the best of their ability, if they don't clean their room to the best of their ability, you will fuss, you will make them redo it, you will make them go over, and you will complain about it, you will punish, you will uh, get on them until it's done the right way, until it's operated or fixed or completed in excellence, because that's your standard for your kids, and you do not take half-heartedness or laziness from your children. Now, if that's the way that you operate and and parent your children, why do you believe that it's okay to treat God as your children treat you? 
Why do you believe that it's okay for you to operate in laziness when it's caught, when it's concerning the things of the kingdom? When it's concerning the things of God, you make every excuse in your life. You make every excuse that you can why you cannot operate in excellence in the kingdom. Why you don't want to read your Bible. Why you don't want to, why you, your prayer life is not strong. Why your worship life is not strong. But you will give God every excuse, but you will not take every excuse from your child. When you're a child of God, just like a, your children are children of yours. Who am I talking to this tonight? You are, you are comfortable operating and doing nothing. So now if that's the, if, if that's what, uh, 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 you have gotten this place to and understand that tonight we're dealing with the comfort of doing nothing. I need you to hear Liberty's definition of laziness. I need you to hear Liberty's definition of laziness because I told you, I asked you that question. What is laziness? What is laziness? Go ahead and put that in the comment section for me. Don't be scared to, to, to comment. Don't be scared to interact with this tonight. I told you I wanted this to be an interactive Bible study. Um, we're going to look at scripture. We're going to get in scripture in a second, but I need you to hear Liberty's definition of laziness. And this is what I came up with. The willful neglect, wasting of God-given time, talents, gifts, and abilities when one is in full knowledge of what God requires. Let me say that again. The willful ne uh, negligent wasting of God-given time, talent, gifts, and abilities when one is in full knowledge of what God requires and the wasting of what God empowers you with, including the knowledge he's given you, the abilities he's given you and the power he's given you to achieve a divine, a divine purpose. Yeah, I, I need you to grab hold of this because uh, too often do we accept laziness as a cop out for not wanting to work, for not wanting to strive, for not wanting to, to step out of our comfort zone to excel and be excellent in kingdom matters. We'll excel at work matters because work matters bring us financial gain. We'll excel in parenting because we want our kids to come to become productive members of society. We want our kids to be the reflection of us, but too often do we not realize that we, when we don't operate in excellence, we still are the reflection of a God that we serve. When we sin constantly and we don't repent and we don't have a prayer life, we're constantly still looking or operating in the reflection of the God that we serve. When we operate in, in, in nastiness, when we operate in, in jealousy and envy and anger and we gossip and we backbite and we do all manners of evil and yet we say we're a Christian, we are still operating and, and, and reflecting the God that we say that we serve. We turn off and turn on when we want to be Christians. 
We, we, we have gotten comfortable in riding the fence where the Bible says either you're hot or you're cold, but lukewarm, he will spew you out. When he said you cannot serve two masters, either you love the one or you hate the other or you hate the one and you love the other. We have gotten comfortable operating in laziness because laziness challenges or because the opposite of laziness means that we have to strive for excellence as kingdom citizens. So now if that is our definition of laziness, Let's look at scripture as scripture defines and talks about being lazy. I'm coming down somebody, somebody roadway tonight. The Bible says in Proverbs, open up your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. You know, I read from the New American Standard Bible. Open up your books to, Pro to Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13. I, I, I love Proverbs. Proverbs was written by King Solomon. And the Bible says that he was the wisest man to walk the face of the earth, be, even in his wisdom, in his time, in his prayer, where, where he was praying. And the Bible says that God was standing there and God said that he would give him whatever he asked for. Solomon asked for wisdom to lead his people. And God said, because you have asked for wisdom, I'm giving you wisdom and everything else. And so when we see scripture in Proverbs and we understand how it was written, it was written with wisdom in mind. It's a lot of times uh, the, 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 the contradicting of two things, whether evil and good or whether right and wrong. It's a contradiction of a lot of times where it tells you what happens if you do it the wrong way and what's the benefit in doing the right way. But we're going to look at Proverbs 13 and the fourth verse. And the Bible says this, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing but the soul of the diligent is made fat that word sluggard is synonymous with the operation of people and operating in laziness the sluggard does not even want to lift up his fork to his own mouth. The sluggard takes his time doing everything because he counts it too hard or it counts it too much of a challenge to do what he needs to do or what she needs to do. So we see the sluggard and we see in scripture that it said the slog, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing. The soul of the sluggard says, I want the best of things, but I'm not willing to work for it. I want the finer things in life, but I'm too lazy to get up and strive. I want the relationship with God, but I'm not willing to put in the work that comes with my faith. The Bible says faith without works is what? Dead. So the sluggard says, yeah, I'm going to say that I have faith, but I don't want to do the work to match my faith. Who am I dealing with? The, the comfort of doing nothing says I trust in God. So I'm going to sit back and, and, and just wait for God to supply all my needs. I'm going to sit back and, and wait for things to shift on their own. And I'm not going to get up and try to do anything that God has called me to do. And then get upset with God when everything is not released the way that they think it should be released in their life. The, the, the scripture again said the slow, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing. He wants the best. He wants all these things, but he gets nothing because he puts no effort into it. 
What are you not putting effort into when it comes to you being a kingdom citizen, being operating as a kingdom ambassador, operating in the in the proper way that God has called you to? What are you doing when it comes to your kingdom work? Because get this. Why is doing nothing? Matter of fact, before we go there, jump over to Proverbs 19 and the 24th verse. All I have for you tonight is two scriptures. And, and you just saw the one, Proverbs 13 and 4 and Proverbs 19 and 24. This is another scripture that refers to it. It said, the sluggard buries his hand in the dish, but will not even bring it back to his mouth. How can we as Christians, how can we as children of God operate in this function and yet say that we're operating as with kingdom authority or we're operating according to what God has called us to do? How can we have this mindset that the plate is right in front of me? The harvest of God is sitting right in front of you. The best that God has for you is right there in arm's reach. Matter of fact, you got your arms on it, but you refuse to bring it to you. You refuse to embrace it. You refuse to grab hold of it because it's too much work. Yeah, it, it is like standing there and you see your favorite meal on a plate, on the table in front of you. And you got, and you take your hand and you put your hand down at the plate and you put everything you want to taste on your fork right there. But once you put everything you want to taste on your fork, you said, you know what? This is too much work. I don't even want to bring this to my mouth. Pastor, what are you saying? Too often do we operate this same way when it comes to the things we asking God for. God, I'm asking for a better relationship. God, I'm asking for uh, more time with you. God, I'm asking for a better worship life. God, I'm asking that you change things in my household. I'm asking that you bring my marriage back into right relationship. God, I'm asking that you bring my children back into right relationship. And you've reached down because you see what God can do, but you're too lazy. You've got too, you've gotten too comfortable with, with, with just asking God for it and then saying, well, if God going to do it, he going to do it. When God is saying, I've done it for you. All you have to do is put the, put the works to the faith and believe what I said in my word about you. What I said in my word about your family, what I said in my word about your children, what I said in my word about you and bring it to your mouth and eat of my word. The comfort of doing nothing. Because see, when, 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 we, when we get to this place, we constantly put our mindset, uh, uh, we constantly put the translation of what happened or we make what happens as a result of God just not caring about us. When God is saying, no, I care about you enough that I want you to get up, pick up your mat and follow me. When, when, when I healed you, I didn't tell you to just lay there healed. I told you, get up so that you can show the faith, the work behind the faith that you said you have. 
but you've operated in laziness. So get this. Let's, let's emphasize some stuff real quick. Doing nothing trans in, translates into laziness because God never empowers one to do nothing. God never said do nothing. The scripture said that he said, be still for I am God. The Bible says in Ephesians, after you've done all you can, stand. The Bible does not just say, sit there and be lazy. When Jonah went to Nineveh and they told and, and he told Nineveh what God said and what God would do if they did not repent. The Bible said that the king issued a mandate that everybody fasted to the cattle. Everybody fasted because they knew that fasting, getting back into the face of God, getting back into the place of, of, of giving, of, of, of asking God for, uh, of to getting to a place of repentance before God would move the hand of God. Or even if they, if it did not move the hand of God, they wanted to show God their dedication. They put work to the faith of what they thought that God could do. And what happened in return? God moved and his heart was moved and he did not destroy Nineveh. What is it in your life that you have been lazy with? What is it in your life that you have operated with a lazy mentality? Oh, God, why? Even now where we're in a place of most churches in virtual worship, you won't even get up and sit down on the couch to watch service. You won't get up and, and worship in your own bedroom. Nobody's watching you. But your experience with God can manifest so much greater when you deliberately show God your work. When you can match your work with your faith. God is saying, I'm ready to get rid of what's lazy. I'm ready to get back to my anointed, my, my children that are ready to serve, ready to operate, ready to function, ready to be kingdom citizens and ambassadors. Who do I have that, that, that is ready to do that? When, when with Isaiah, when, 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 when they were talking and, and Isaiah, and, and they got to the point where they said, whom shall we send? Isaiah said, send me. When are you ready to say that? Or does God have to keep looking around you? Does God have to bypass your, your, your generation in your household to wait for the next grandchild to be born to carry out his mandate. Uh, who am I dealing with about laziness? Number two, get this. The lazy feel a wannabe role. A lazy person, always, I, well, I can do it, but you know, I don't have time to do it. Yeah, I, 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 I want to do it. I'm, I can do that. They feel that wannabe role. We're looking for people to, to, to hand out tracks. Well, you know, I could do it. Um, but, but, but there's always a but that comes with what they can do. So they feel the wannabe role 
in the kingdom. I want to be more involved, but I can't. I want to do more, but I can't. There's always a reason. Number three, the lazy are fully aware of what needs to be done. It's not like the lazy, as we see in scripture right here, the, 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 the sluggard buries his hand in the food. He knows that the food is right there. He knows that he wants to eat. He knows that it's a good meal right there. It's not like he does not know that all he has to do is lift the food up to his mouth and he can, he can receive the nourishment or she can receive the nourishment that you need. But he's being too lazy to simply say, I'm going to lift my hand up. He knows what needs to be done. You know what needs to be done. You constantly have your pastor. You constantly have other people in the body of Christ asking you to participate, asking you to do stuff. And yet you operate. You come up with excuse after excuse why you cannot operate as a kingdom citizen, why you cannot help, why you cannot do anything. And he's simply saying, are you ready to stop being lazy? You don't know what I will release if you simply trust me. The lazy are fully aware of what needs to be done and get this, yet refuse to even do what it is that's required. <laughs> what I just say? You anointed as can be, you can pray heaven down from, from above. You can bring fire into the midst of the atmosphere, but you've been too lazy. You've gotten too comfortable that you are like, well, I don't feel like doing this. Where, where, where are you? Listen, ask yourself this. What are some possible reasons why doing nothing is comfortable for you? I would ask you to put it into one of the chat boxes on the different social media platforms or whatever it may be. But I'm pretty, uh, I, I'm two thirds sure that most people will feel like that it is going to be a reflection or a look at them. But what are some reasons? You can jot this down in your own notes. Put this down on your own notes. What are some possible reasons why doing nothing is comfortable? I'm going to give you three points, and I told you I wasn't going to be long, but give me about five more minutes. Get this. The fact that we are creatures of habit and change often comes slowly with much, which, with much resistance. A lot of the reasons that we won't just step out and, and do more for the kingdom is because we have gotten set up in our habits. And because it changes and makes us uncomfortable and you can't program everything out to the letter that you would rather resort and stay where your habits stay instead of changing some of your habits. And I need you to get that because that also operates in the things that you accept in your life. Too often do you accept status quo because it's habitual, because you've been doing it for so long that you will not step outside of your comfort zone to seek after better. 
you know there's there is better for you, but because you have gotten into a habit of, of dating the same type of woman, dating the same type of man, doing the same exact thing over and over again, and because it becomes uncomfortable to you, you won't step out and do what you know needs to be done Leave certain environments alone, leave certain people alone, because it will make you uncomfortable to change. So you remain in laziness and staying in the same habitat, staying in the operating with the same habits when God is calling you out. When God is trying to set a new thing, because as soon as, as it gets hard for you changing you resort back and go back to being a living in comfort of doing nothing. You got to get out of the mindset of being a sluggard in some things, excelling in what brings you a tangible because a lot of times we'll, we'll, we'll change the environment. If, if the job you're on pays you $50,000 a year, and someone told you that you can come over here and have the same job making $90,000 a year, you will jump at the opportunity to put your resignation in, tell everybody off and run over there because they said it paid $90,000 a year. But what they didn't tell you over there is that it was going to take you 10 more years to get to $90,000. But because somebody told you that and they left out the details, you'll jump ship. But when it comes to the things of God, when God said that I prepare a place for you, when Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you and I'll come back to get you, your, your response is, God, I want to serve you more. Jesus, I want to be more devote to you. But this habit that I got, I can't let go of. When Jesus said, when will you allow me, if you bring it to me, if you do the work of bringing me the habit? With your whole heart, I'll deliver you from it. When will you get into the mindset of eating better will change diabetes? Eating better will change cholesterol level. But you constantly say, God, I need to be healed from diabetes. God, I need to be healed from high cholesterol. God, my, my weight is too much. I'm breathing heavy. And God is saying, I've given you the tools to stop operating in laziness. I've given you the understanding. You know what you need, but you are the slugger with your hand in the plate of all the right food and vegetables that you need to change the course of your life, but you won't even bring it to your mouth. We have to stop living with the thought of the comfort uh, of doing nothing. I got one last thing I want to I, I want to leave you with. And that's this. Actually, I got two things. Fear immobilizes many and causes some to run away. A lot of times the reason we function in laziness is because we're fearful of what a new experience brings. We're fearful of hearing the word a different way, but you've gotten stagnant where you are. 
we're fearful of chasing after that degree because it requires more discipline. It requires you to operate in excellence. And you've gotten fearful because you've been comfortable in what you're doing. The fear of failure, the fear of stepping out and being laughed at causes so many of us not to be what God called us to be, but to function as this sluggard. Mm. Number three. Some are deceived into thinking that doing nothing when it comes to excellence is an act of, get this, what will be, will be. But get this, I, I'm, I'm closing out on this statement. Excellence never, never occurs by doing nothing. Excellence never occurs by itself. Businesses don't open by themselves. Somebody has to do the lead work. Faith without works is dead. God requires from you participation. God requires of you to be dedicated to advancing the kingdom. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 28, go into the world and make disciples of all men. Jesus could have Jesus could have told them, now that you say you go over there, and have fun, you go sit on the beach and I'll just come down at another time and, 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 and set those captives free there. But no, Jesus said, because you believe in me, because you're my disciples, because you're followers of Christ. Now I have work for you to do. It's not just about your own salvation, but it's about the salvation of the world, bringing those into relationship that are lost in the world. God has an assignment for you. What is your area of influence, whether it's the marketplace, whether it's music, whether it's the arts, whether it's technology, whether it's speaking, whatever it is that your influence in the marketplace is, are you being a sluggard or are you operating in excellence for the kingdom as a kingdom citizen? Somebody declare, I'm, I'm changing the way that I operate. I'm changing the way that I function. I'm changing the way that I've been. I have to be a better steward of what God gave me. I don't want to live like the sluggard. And if that's you, let's just simply say, God, let, let, let's just give it all over to God. We, we, when we started, we, we were praising God. But if you have been operating in your life as a sluggard and you know that you have been, we've all gone through those moments. God, I don't want to do ministry no more. God, I'm tired. God, this new thing that's going on. God, I, I, I'm just, I, I just don't want to do it anymore. But God is saying, listen, I'm doing a new thing. Not just in the world, but I want to do a new thing in your life. And I need you to stop being lazy right now. I need you to stop, stop enjoying the fat of the calf. I need you to stop looking at the pews the way that you've been looking and saying, well, there's 12 other people on this pew that can do what pastor is asking them to do, asking us to do. I don't have to do it. 
Yeah, because there's nobody sitting next to you to say, well, why don't you do it anymore? Right now, God is saying, why don't you do it? And the only place, only person that you can look at is yourself. What are you ready to do so that you can get out of the comfort of doing nothing? Let's bow our heads. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you, God, for this time. I thank you, God, for this moment that we've been able to hear your word, study your word, and learn from you, God, to be better kingdom citizens. God, as we move forward, as we become what you've called us to be, God, we ask, God, that you break the spirit of laziness in our life. As kingdom citizens, to be better husbands, to be better wives, to be better fathers, to be better mothers, to be better sisters, to be better brothers, to be better uncles and aunts, whatever our influence and, and area of influence it is, God, we ask, God, that you have full authority over it. God, your word declares that faith without works is dead. So, God, begin to motivate us. Give, show us what it is to, to be a kingdom servant, to be a kingdom citizen. God, show us what it is that you said that you would bless us with. God, give us a heart to serve, a mind to worship, a praise on the inside, and the opportunity to be all that you've called us to be. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. If there's anybody, and I, and I do this every week, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice that has not given their life to Christ, now is the opportunity. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you shall be saved. It's just that simple. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus was personified in the flesh, that he came to the earth to walk among men. He came without blemish. He came without any fault, but he died with all of our sins upon him. But not only did he die, but the Bible says that he got up three days later after defeating death in the grave. Meaning that the guilt of your sin, the penalty of your sin, he embodied, he took it on and became the sacrifice. He was the sacrificial lamb that was slain for the world. That means for you. He took sin upon him so that you can have the opportunity at life and life more abundantly. So God said, if you simply surrender, if you, if, if you confess, confess your sins. It ain't got to be around nobody. You can do it in your closet. You can do right where you're at right now. God, I'm a sinner. Save me. I believe your son, Jesus Christ, that, that Jesus Christ is your son. And I accept him into my life as my Lord and Savior. The Bible said that you're saved. Just that simple. I recommend that you get into a Bible-believing church. Liberty would love to have you. Usually that's my fifth thing. But I'll say it now, Liberty would love to have you. If you need someone to walk with you through this journey, if you need someone to guide you through this journey, we're here. I constantly say we're the ministry empowered to build relationships, not religion. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We want to build relationships with you. So that's number one and number five at the same time. Number two, 
if you backslid, we all know that means you have you, you're a Christian. You've accepted Jesus Christ into your life, but for whatever reason, you walked away. You said it's better out there, God. I'm going to take my chances out here. God, I don't mind being lazy because the world is offering me certain things. And God, and, and you've gotten to that place where you understand that it's better to serve God. It's better to be a part of the family, to be adopted into the beloved than to serve the world. He says, simply, simply commit, rededicate, commit your life back to me. Let's walk. Let's, let's come together. Let's reason together. He said, how can any two walk together unless they, re unless they agree? Number three, if you've never received the Holy Spirit. Yes, when you got saved and you believed in Christ. The Bible says in Acts 2 that the Spirit came upon them. Those were believers, but there was a moment where the Holy Spirit began to indwell on the inside of them. I put it like this all the time. It's like having a picture that on that, that a picture sitting right in front of you. And you know it's supposed to be filled with lemonade. You can smell the lemonade. But but it's not showing up. You can smell it, but you don't see it. God said, let me fill you up. He said, you shall receive power from on high. Power to do ministry. Power to declare the word of the Lord. Power to be a better you. Power to be a better father, better mother, better husband, better spouse. There's power. He's your comforter, your guide, your, your, your intercessor. He's your advocate. That's the function and the operation of the Holy Spirit. Number four, if you need healing for anything. The Bible said that God is a healer. He's a healer. He can heal you from AIDS. He can heal you from diabetes. He can heal you from cancer. He can heal you. He can heal your broken heart. Because just the, the medical conditions can be one thing, but he can heal your broken heart. From those that have left you, for those that abandoned you, for those that have hurt you. He can mend your broken heart. He can take the pieces. The Bible says that he's the potter and we are the clay. He can take the pieces of your life and put it all back together again. And he can make you brand new. So we receive him. So if any of those things that you need, if you need us to walk with you, if you need us to go with you on this journey. At the bottom of your screen right now, you'll see a number. You can text that number. We would love to talk to you. We would love to get connected with you. You can call that number. You can text that number. You can text that number without the extension and we'll return your call. If you have given your life to Christ right now, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. And I just, I'm just thinking about this. Text that number, text 301-887-5259 and simply text us, I'm saved. <laughs> simply text us, I'm saved. And we'll get back to you with what's next.
All right, this has been Pastor Thomas B., man. I love you with the love of God. Live on purpose. Live for purpose. But most importantly, live in God's purpose. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I love you. Be blessed. Have a wonderful week. Join us Sunday as we continue our series on David and chasing the heart of God. We were in an awesome time last week talking about a courageous heart. Week before, two weeks before that, we did a godly heart. I'm wet, I'm excited about what God is ready to release on this Sunday. I love you. Join us at 11:30 a.m. right here on whatever form of media that you're watching us right now, and we love you. Be blessed and have a wonderful day. Thank you.